Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Review Shows. Mixed Band coming to you live once again from the J Cave. And just a reminder, everyone, we the best. We the best podcast. I am joined as always, and I will ever for will be by Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? All righty. We have a fun-filled show for you tonight. Hopefully, you can stick around and have some fun with us. Bill, what is tonight's topic? Tonight's topic is artists that we wish they would make a biopic of. Yes. This, this we thought we were going to do something else, but we said, you know, let's do that next week, and then we'll do a two-parter. We'll do part one and part two different next week. So, But I am excited. We've had this one on our docket for a while. It's been a long time coming. But we know a change is going to come. Sam Cook, anyone? Um, but it's so glad for all of you to join us, as always. And I forget the background noise. It's a little bit loud in my area, but that's okay. So anyways, hopefully everyone is doing well. Do you want me to go first, bud? Yeah, you start first. We'll go back and forth. All righty. Well, my first pick for this, for tonight, I believe in an artist that... <clears throat> deserves a bio pickup first one on my docket is actually one that has is like fairly recent in the world of musical terms but at the same time they're old enough to where they could get one and that is none other than green day interesting pick i if i I thought you might think so so green day has been around for over 30 no they formed in 1986 because people forget that this is billy Armstrong's high school band Sometimes people forget that. Like he actually formed the band in high school. He like he, he his band is one of the biggest bands in the world, but it's, it's also his high school band. We can't forget that. So their story is actually really interesting to me personally. Um, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of them. Truthfully, I think that they deserve a biopic of them, and it, I think it'd be really good. I'm not sure exactly what specifically like it would be about probably their origins up until like maybe they had dookie or american idiot or maybe it could take place over the course of their whole career up until like 2010 i don't know i just I, I, this is the first one that popped in my head for a really good biopic uh choice for the for uh, for an artist that i like to deserve a biopic but what do you think about green day getting a biopic i think that'd be interesting but do you think they have enough in their lives that they can make a biopic of they all turned 50 already. So, I mean, there's that, but I mean, I think personally they, they probably could, I mean, in about five or six years, I would say in five or six years when they're like 60 or 55, excuse me, that's a different story, but that's me. So I, plus their, their, their story is really fascinating. Billy Joe Armstrong's like musical library is like really fascinating to me. Like he's gone on record and told stories about how he's like, Oh yeah, I listen to this artist, this artist, this artist, this artist. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really come across in all of your music, but at the same time, it would be fascinating to see your life story put like that. And it's just, that's just me though. Um, if you ever seen, by the way, for those of you who might be wondering, there's a green day uh, behind the music episode on YouTube. You can look it up. Um, because I, I thought this is my first pick. Because I thought, I really do think that this is a band that deserves an adaptation of their story personally, but that's me. Um, you know what they could do? You know, you know what they could do instead, though, bud? What? Me personally? I think um, 
I really think that someone someone said this to me the other day. I mean, given that two of their albums are such ginormous, like theatrical epics, a rock operas, if you will, who's to say they don't make an American Idiot or 21st Century Breakdown movie? What would yeah, you so think about American that? American Idiot was actually a um, was actually a Broadway show. I know it was, well, it was a Broadway show, but what? Who's to say that it wouldn't make a like a movie, American Idiot or Twenty First Century Breakdown? Because those albums cohesively tell a story. I mean, there could be that too. That could but work. I, in my eyes, I, mean, I think like an actual Green Day like biopic. I mean that that could work, but I, I feel like I feel like I feel personally that. They could get one in like 10 years because they're still yeah, relatively young in the world of like music and whatnot. I mean, being around for 30 years is different being around that like 50 or 60 years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm still a little sick. But yeah, I think I definitely think that that's a good idea. But that's me. What do you think? What? I mean, am I far off here or what? Um, a little bit. I think it could be possible. I think it could be possible. I mean, anything's, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, making like a movie about them, though, like specifically, I don't know. But I think I think making a, a an adaptation of American Idiot or 21st Century Breakdown would be a really cool idea, though, for a movie. That'd be no, I think that would be a really cool idea. I think it would actually be a really cool idea. Um, because, you know, like I said, it's been a Broadway show. So why not turn it into, you know. Why yeah, not turn it into a, into a what you call into a, into a biopic, into a fail, into a biopic? I think that would be good. I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be a good idea. I mean, but that, that to me personally, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But I think I don't know, and maybe wait ten years for this. But that's me. I think we'd have to wait and see. But it could be interesting. I think it would be good. I'd be, it'd be an interesting one to talk about, truthfully. So, uh, an interesting one to see. So, I don't know. But that's me. That's really all I got for them. Would you want to go next? Yes. Um, and we have talked about this before. Yeah. Um, we have talked this. We've talked about this before, actually. Um, you said you would have had to do a two-parter for this band. A two-parter? That this film would have to be a two-parter? Yeah, what do you got? But I think maybe if you haven't focused on one member of that band, I think you can probably do one film. Okay. Dave Grohl. Because we have talked before. Yeah, go ahead. Because we have talked before. Right. That if you were to make a Nirvana movie, it would have to be two parts. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the only one you can make a sequel to. Yeah, like you could be, like you could have the all the um, you could have all the, what you call it um, the stuff with Nirvana, the drama with Kurt Cobain, and then have the film end with, you know, the Nirvana film with Kurt Cobain's tragic end. Yeah, I mean that that that's also terrifying. I mean, the thing with Kurt Cobain was absolutely terrifying, and then Taylor Hawkins too. On top of that, I mean, come on. And then, and then the film, and then we do a Marvel style post credit scene. Yeah, with 
Dave Grohl handing out the cassette in your record store that says Foo Fighters. The story continues. Yeah, the continuing story of the Foo Fighters. Yeah, but you know what? It's like I need I need your help with something here. Um, do you what think do you if it was just going to be a whole Dave Grohl movie? Yeah. Do you think? God, do you think it would be like really ass long because you would have to have a good chunk of it be about Nirvana, yeah, and then have a good chunk of it be about Foo Fighters. You know what they could do, truthfully, if they were to do it like a Nirvana, a Dave Grohl biopic, maybe like make the first act about him just starting in Nirvana, and then they focus on like maybe like twenty or thirty minutes of that of the movie will be like his Nirvana years, and then the middle of the second act could be like. His time starting Foo Fighters and then where Foo Fighters ended up. Maybe I don't know, but that's me. Or what do you think about this? What do you start got? the movie like start the movie like um start the movie like maybe in like the last year or two of Nirvana. Yeah, that could work, yeah. Like right around the time when In Utero came out. Yeah, and then maybe like 30, 40 minutes in, you could show what happened to Kurt Cobain. And then show like Dave Grohl trying to get back to music and then show him forming the Foo Fighters. And then showing showing him forming the Foo Fighters and the success there. Right. I mean, that could work. I I think anything is possible, but I mean... That I like your idea more than mine, truthfully. Really? How come? I just just because it just it sounds a little bit more cohesive than mine. Mine's mine's a little bit out of place. So well, because if you're gonna make it about Nirvana, then yes, you would show everything that happened. Right. But if you were to make it specifically about Dave Grohl, then you can leave some parts out and just focus specifically on Dave Grohl. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it, because if it's going to be just a general Nirvana movie, that's then yeah, then yeah, focus on all Nirvana stuff, and that should be that. Yeah, well, if you do a Dave Grohl, you so, you can. It doesn't have to be like maybe you could show like when Dave Grohl first met Kurt Cobain, and then yeah, and then um, and then have. And then, you know, show a little bit of Nirvana. And then, and then, like, even for more drama, you could show the feud between him and Courtney Love. <laughs> That'd be something. Yeah. Seeing yeah. that. What's interesting is that Dave Grohl and Dave Grohl's relationship with Courtney Love has, compared, has been compared to that of Paul McCartney and Yoko Ono. Really? And I didn't know that. No, no, they they call some of them call um Courtney Love the Yoko Ono of grunge. Really, I never knew that. Because yeah, and the funny thing is, Paul McCartney and Dave Grohl are good buddies. Yeah, they're really good friends. It it'd be like, Paul, one of the widows of my bandmates. She's just so freaking annoying. Oh yeah, right. Dave, trust me, I know, I know what that's like. I've been dealing with this for 40-something years. Yeah. Oh, my God. 42 years I've been dealing with it. Um, it haunts me every day. Trust me. 
trust me, Dave, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. But I think... Um, uh, yeah, uh, um, yeah, I think that... Um, I think that could be interesting, though. But again, it really depends on which route you would go. Oh, yeah, it all depends on which way you go. All right. So, yeah, I think, you know, again, if it's going to be a general Nirvana movie, then, yes, you have to show everything with Nirvana. Well, when it's if you're just making a Dave Grohl movie, just do the parts that are specifically about Dave Grohl. Right. Exactly. So I like that idea. That's good. I mean, they might they could pull it off in a year or two, five years. I mean, if because biopics are still like. Musical biopics are still like. I've heard like online, like some people criticize them. Like, well, the struggle, the story is pretty much the same. <coughs> like it's about an artist. They start out, they're struggling and then they have success. And then they go through the struggles with their success. Like it's kind of like a copy repeat thing. I've heard that argument. I mean, but that's also their lifestyle. I mean, they forget that like the Bohemian Rhapsody film. I mean, they, yes, there's some problems with it, but like who's to say that they won't have a, um, you know, Who's to, who's to say they don't have a actual like, um, you know, like you know, like an actual movie about like an artist or a specific time period of that artist, like like what you're saying with Nirvana, like a Nirvana movie, or a Foo Fighters movie, or where you can mesh them both. I mean, it's an, it's, it's for Foo Fighters and Nirvana. It's interesting. It's an interesting combination. We'll see, but that's me. So um, yeah, if you yeah. were to because. The thing is, like, here's and we have talked before. If you want to do a Nirvana movie, you're gonna have to do basically pretty much a sequel. But like, the thing is, and um, aside from Dave Grohl, what have the other folks from Nirvana been doing? I mean, Chris Novoselic got into politics, as far as I know, but that's me. That's all I heard. Like, of all of the, wasn't there someone else too, or was it just Kurt Cobain? Pat Smear of the Foo Fighters was a touring member of Nirvana. Like, yeah, you could you could probably have um, Dave Grohl asking Pat Smear goes, "You want in? I'm starting a new band. You want in?" But yeah, but you know, like the other guy, what was his name again? Chris what? Chris Novoselic. Chris Novoselic, like, like the. Like, what has he been up to? I mean, lately, like I said, lately he's been in politics, but that's that's all I know. I don't know what side or whatever, so. And that's going to kind of leave, that's going to kind of just, like, leave a bit of a void because I think, you know, if he's in politics now and if he's runs for office, Chris, God bless you, but, but yeah. it's going to be kind of out of place because I think the audience is going to want to see more, okay, what's going to be with Dave and Pat's new band? Yeah, they want to see yeah. more of that than Chris getting into politics. So. Of course, right? like the, the actor, whoever plays Chris Novoselic, that character would go off and be like, All right, I'm going to do this. You do your own thing, Dave. Go ahead. So, but yeah, yeah no, so that would be the problem, though, is because, and I think that Nirvana sequel, part two, would be mostly about Dave Grohl. Yeah. So instead of making two movies, let's save money and just have one movie. Exactly. Well, there you go. I agree with that. Hollywood, you better be calling me. Hollywood, call us at one 800 Got Bill. Yes, love to see it, bud. Um, you want me to go next? You, 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 you go right ahead. Go right ahead. Okay, cool, cool. All right, all right. 
this one, I, I was talking with someone about, I was, before we started our show tonight. I was talking with someone earlier today. I was like, you know, maybe we should just maybe we should talk about like what specific artists or any of any genre, truthfully. And to me personally, I don't know why, but this one popped in my head. Run DMC. Have you ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. I, I know who Run DMC are. Okay, their story. I mean, they were like the the, the Led Zeppelin of hip hop. I don't know if you ever knew this, but like they are like one of widely regarded as one of the most pivotal pioneering hip hop groups of all time. Like they, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, yes, on our shows we typically talk about like rock music, but like truth be told, I'm a huge Run DMC fan. They are to me, they are the the, the Beatles of hip hop. To me, that's a pretty bold statement, but that's that's pretty much that. That is a very um, bold statement. Yeah, like they are the Beatles of hip hop. Um, to me personally. But Run DMC, I mean, I've actually met Darren McDaniels. I, I, I didn't ask him about this, but I mean, their story is fascinating to me. How like they're, they're the street, like, they're literally kids who are, like who went to school, regular high school, and then they they formed Run DMC and changed and created hip hop. They combined rock and rap music together. It was a pioneering thing. They took Aerosmith's Walk This Way and made it a huge hit again in the mid to, mid to late 80s because they meshed Aerosmith and Run DMC. If you've not heard this song, by the way, if you've not heard Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith, it's a phenomenal mesh of hip-hop and rock music together. And it put Aerosmith back on the map. I'll get to them in a second. But um, Run DMC, though, they are... I did a video about why you should listen to Run DMC and why they're, they're, they're they didn't they never curse in their music they never like degraded women in their music they never did anything like that. So, for who's listening to this, <coughs> Run DMC is an incredible hip hop group. Like they they were the first MT, first hip hop group on MTV. They were the first run to first group to sell up arenas worldwide. So there's a lot of firsts in their group that they could easily lend themselves to be like, let's make a movie about us. But will they? I mean, I don't know. I mean, some people don't even know who they are, which is a damn shame. Get on it and listen to Run DMC, guys. Seriously. They're the best. Hip- I put them over Drake every day of the week. That's, I mean, that's how strongly I feel about them. Um, and I bet Darren McDaniels too. Um, but like, he's just, I don't know. I, I think this would be a good movie, their story, like being raised in the Bronx, combining rap and rock together and how that like infused and sa- sampling was one of their big things. They started that in a sense with, with walk this way. This movie would be a really, this would be a good group to have a movie on personally. What's your take on this bill? Well, I don't really know a lot about RMD run DMC, right. but from yeah. what you're telling me, I think it'd be interesting. I mean, I think, like I said, they were the first hip hop group ever on MTV. You know, this is back in the 80s when, like, you know, this was just first coming on the scene. You know, I mean, Rapper's Delight was one thing in 1979. That was the first hip hop song ever. But like Run DMC led Zeppelinized hip hop. It got a lot of people into it. And the first LL Cool J was around the time, same time, too. Plus, BC Boys came out around the same I'll get to them in a second, too. But like, BC Boys. Kind of at first, at first was like oh, it's Run DMC, it's L Cool J. Then the Beastie Boys showed up, and that changed everything too. So I'll get to them in a second as well. But like Run DMC, bottom line, they would be. I think they did, they deserve a biopic because their story is just that fascinating. It's rich to mine. And if they if if anyone out there in Hollywood is listening to us, 
contact Darren McDaniels and have him have him approve a script or whatever of their life story. And plus, they're 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 um they're mixed their uh, DJ. His name is jo- uh, Jam Master J JMJ. He got shot in like 2002. He was killed. Um, and I think that 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 you could probably end the movie that way or end it like you know past that because they were the first. A lot of firsts were, were, were there was a lot of firsts with this hip hop group, and they don't get the love they deserve sometimes. I don't think they're underrated at all. I think they're one of the, one of the greatest of all time, but they don't get the love they deserve sometimes. That's how that's how I feel about them. But Run DMC, phenomenal choice by me truthfully. I think that they would be they like they they like, I can't emphasize this enough. They led Zeppelinized hip hop, Bill. They mm-hmm. led Zeppelinized hip. What that means is that they took the genre and made it something completely new and different. Yeah, I could see that. Like, they like, and plus at the time, Aerosmith was like, "Oh, you're sampling Walk This Way. What's going on?" And, and, the, and then, sure enough, they made their own song of Walk This Way, and then they made history and then walked the brought Aerosmith out of like the dumps, really, because ever since like 1979, Aerosmith was like, "All right, well, we got we need to hit here." Then relaunched them as an artist. So. Uh, my mind's going crazy right now, but but that's me on Run DMC. They're a phenomenal hip hop group. If you've never heard Run DMC, get on it now. Stop streaming us and listen to Run DMC. They're great. Um, well, it must still, be pretty interesting if um yeah if 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 JT is telling you to stop watching us and go listen to them. Yeah, literally stop what you're doing right now and listen to Run DMC. Just put put on it's tricky. Peter Piper. Rockbox, Hard Times, Pause, My Adidas. The list goes on and on, man. They're, they're, they're one of Eminem's biggest influences. Are you ready Eminem, for my next? Em, oh, I'm sorry. Really quick. Eminem inducted them into the Rock and Hall of Fame. And he loves Run DMC. He loves Run DMC. It's ridiculous. So, anyways. Sorry, what were you saying, Bill? Okay. Um, my next... Next pick. JT, you're going to absolutely want to punch me in the face for this one. What is it? This is a band that I really like, but you actually have have said that they're overrated. Yes, Pink Floyd. Hear me okay. out. Wait, wait, I know. Before you go on, let me just finish. Let me just start, start by saying this. Uh, just full disclosure, everyone. I don't hate Pink Floyd. I don't. I don't think that they themselves are overrated. I think the FM radio stations that play them play the same. Fu- I mean, they have plenty of great songs. My trouble is with the FM stations that play the five or six same songs by them all the time. Play another song by them that's like not one of their big five. Like just play, play like I don't even know. Like you know, play like hey, another brick in the wall part one or three. You know, like. I don't know. That's me. I, I wish that FM radio stations would play more than just what they play. That's it. I like them. I like them. But do I, what I like, what I listen to on, on, on any given basis? Probably not. But I, I like them. I'm, first, let me start by saying that. So I, I don't mean to cut you off, but, but just want to let you know. Go ahead. Okay. Cause here's, I think there's many different ways you can go through this. Um, yeah. What do you got? Cause for, have, start with this. Have it maybe focus on the relationship between Roger Waters and Sid Barrett. Okay. Who was actually the original guy. Yeah. And who was actually the original bassist, I want to say, and was then later replaced by David Gilmore. 
Oh, okay. Um, you know, have it, you know, I would say focus it mainly on their relationship, you know, like, because Sid Barrett actually was one of the founding members. Yeah, I've never even heard of him. Well, he was one of the first guys you said? Yes, Sid Barrett was one of the founding members of Pink Floyd with Roger Waters. Now, now listen, before I go on, I know everybody has their opinions on Mr. Waters. A lot of people think he's a professional asshole, and I am one of those people. I will admit I think Roger Waters can be an asshole. Um, But, like, Sid Barrett, he is one of the co-founders, and... Have it started from like 1965, I think is when they met. Okay. Um, and then, um, and then, okay, Sid Barrett lived sort of a tragic life. He, um, he actually, um, he actually had, um, there was speculation that he had mental illness. Okay. That he had mental, that he had a mental illness. And that he used a lot of psychedelic drugs. Ooh, okay. And because if you listen to Pink Floyd in like the late 60s, like their early, early stuff, like, you know, before Sean and, you know, before, um, before Dark Side of the Moon, before The Wall. before the wall like it's yeah. very psychedelic stuff mm-hmm. okay it's like like real like 60s psychedelic stuff but then in um 1968 due to the um due to mental illness and also um he is actually rumored he was actually rumored to have um he was actually rumored to have to have um to be on the autism spectrum. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason why he, because um, because of what really happened was of how this all happened, of how Sid Barrett got replaced, was um, was was Pink Floyd actually went on tour with Jimi Hendrix. Oh, did they open up for them? Yeah. That's cool. And and, and um because of what was going on, um, they had to get substitutions for Sid Barrett. And then one day, um, Sid Barrett asked his um no, the band asked Sid Barrett's friend from school, David Gilmore, mm-hmm. to cover for Barrett. And what okay. happened was Gilmore played and sang and just Barrett wandered around the stage, occasionally mm-hmm. joining the performance. And then eventually okay. the band grew tired of Barrett and they said, and I'm just reading this right now off Wikipedia. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But one day in January, 1968, Roger Waters was on the way to a show yeah. And the rest of the band said, um, said, you know, shall, sh- shouldn't we pick Sid up? And, and then the rest, and then said, no, let's not bother. 
Mm. And and that's how they basically kicked him out of the group. And wow. and then um you can talk about when um when Sid Barrett um when Sid Barrett actually and Roger Waters reunited, it's actually a um it's actually a pretty sad story. Um you know the um you know the song Wish You Were Here? Yeah. Is that about him? It's about him. Okay. Well, because here's what here's how it happened. Um they were actually in the um he actually um he was they were working on the album and the song Shine on You Crazy Diamond was actually about Sid Barrett. Oh, okay. Yeah, Shine on You Crazy Diamond was actually about Sid Barrett. And and Sid Barrett actually walked into the studio one day. Um and he just did not look good. Hmm. He was bald, he shaved his um he shaved his eyebrows. Oh jeez. And he put on some weight. And um and the rumor is that he walked in a bathrobe with a bag of candy. But um anyway, the point is he walked into the studio and Waters didn't even recognize him. And Waters did not even recognize Sid. And and yeah, Waters yeah. don't Sid, what happened? And he goes, and he goes, Well, I'm talking about his way. He goes, Well, um, I've been eating a little too many pork chops lately. I've been eating too many pork chops lately. Yeah. Um and after seeing that, Roger, I think after Sid left, Roger left the room that day, Roger Waters just broke down in tears. Mm. Because he could not stand seeing his one-time good friend look like this. And right. And then um and then and that could and there was also talk that um that um he may have uh, briefly attended David Gilmore's wedding that was happening, followed the recording sessions that day, but Dave Gilmore said he had no recollection. Mm, okay. And, and the last time, a few years later, like this is how you could end the film, like a few years later, they don't specify how many years later. Yeah. But, um, they don't specify how many years later, but you could have them go through the whole thing with um Roger Waters becoming a total asshole. Mm-hmm. With Roger Waters becoming a total asshole, and and he um and this and a few years later, Waters actually saw Barrett in a department store 
and Barrett ran outside dropping his bags and that was the last time that was the last time any of them saw him oh wow and the rest of Barrett's life was very reclusive like right. um the rest of Barrett's life was very recru- reclusive and and he he still received royalties from the band and Dave Gilmore made sure the money got to him and that's good and he um yeah after that he went into basically seclusion and he and he passed away in 2006 so that's have like the final scene be like Roger C Dave Roger C Sid Barrett one more time him walking away and then you hear like the the chords to wish you were here in the back and then just end the film. I mean, that's good with me. And then put like in the, the sub credits say that was the last time that anyone, that any member of the band saw Sid Barrett. There you go. Sid Barrett, the rest of Barrett's life was seclusive, was reclusive. Sid Barrett died on July 7th, 2006. He never married, had no children. That's sad. What's sad? So that he never got married, never had kids. And, and yeah, so I think that's one route you can go with a Pink Floyd movie, have it focus on Roger Waters and Sid Barrett's relationship. Um, another way you could go is you could just like have the those years of when Roger Waters became an absolute prick, and when right. he actually left the group, you know, like even the success with the wall, like um, like you know, I think I said this when we did the rock talk for Jesus Christ, we did the rock talk that was four years ago. I know, yeah. When you, me, and the forehead the rock talk for it. That was four years ago. I know. Plug for our video on our YouTube channel. For the wall, like, um, like he actually got the idea because he was on tour and somebody spit on him. He just said, I just wanted a wall built around me. And, wow. and you can have like the tensions in the band between him and Dave Gilmore because I, I've said this, the the wall was that period of when Pink Floyd basically became the Roger Waters band. Mm. And I think that may have been his last time, last album with Pink Floyd for a while. I think he left the group after that. Okay. Cause in Roger Waters, book, my uncle's a huge Pink Floyd fan. And he told yeah. me that, um, that in Roger Waters' book, he has some not-so-nice things to say about the rest of the members of Pink Floyd. Mm. So, yeah, it could be about just Roger Waters letting all the fame go to his head. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you think would be better, having it focus more on Waters and Barrett or have it more focus on just the band itself and Waters going, becoming an absolute asshole? Probably the band personally but that's me 
I like the idea of like, I, I, if you're going to make a movie about Pink Floyd or Queen or Aerosmith, whatever, make it about the band and then touch on elements of like the band members fighting or conflicts here and there or drugs, whatever. Just touch on that stuff in the movie about the thing. It has to lead up to a point though. Maybe, maybe it could lead up to the release of the wall. Or I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing something out there, but who knows? It could really, yeah. Or like I said, it could, or or the last scene could be again because Sid Barrett was a, was very instrumental in Pink Floyd. Um, yeah. Have like you know that last scene at the department store. Have maybe they they didn't specify how many years it was, but you know if it's like after the wall, just have that last scene of Roger Waters and Sid Barrett seeing each other and then fade to black. There you go. So, well, that yeah. That could work. That could work. Yeah, so... um, Nice, good pick. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I, that's what I think a Pink Floyd biopic would be interesting. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, While we were talking, um, while you were mentioning all your Pink Floyd stuff, I was coming up with a couple of things, a couple of artists as well that I think deserve a biopic as well. Um, All right, let's hear it. It's my turn, right? It's your turn. All right, Aerosmith. Yeah, there's a lot of hidden... I know, hear me out. There's a lot of hidden stuff in their band. Like, they're... they're, I mentioned this with Green Day. They have an episode of Behind the Music uh, on YouTube, right? But it's an hour and a half long. That's how much history they have. That an hour and a half documentary about them that exists on YouTube, which is crazy. Yes. So I mean, also, and if you if you guys don't know the history of Aerosmith, these guys five the same five guys practically from the basically from inception until now, they've literally played together since like nineteen seventy or sixty nine or something like that. And Steven Tyler is a phenomenal singer. Uh, what's his face? Joe Perry is one of the most, one of the greatest guitarists. I put him in the, I put him in the goat conversation of guitarists. Like what's his face? Joe Perry and Brad, uh, not Brad, and Joe Perry of Aerosmith is one of the best guitarists I think I've ever heard on record ever. I love his playing. Um, I, I, I mentioned this when I, uh, there's a video that's going to drop later this week called why you should listen to Aerosmith. I they do they postponed their 50th anniversary show to, at Fenway Park this year uh, in Boston, Massachusetts uh, for September. I'm gonna go. I've never seen Aerosmith live. I'm very curious to see them live. I w- I've wanted to see them for a long time. Why not go to a show like that? I mean, we're in New York, but Boston's not that far for us. So I'm probably gonna go to that show. But the history of Aerosmith, I'm just touching on this a little bit. Aerosmith, they, they did so much heroin. Like in Joe Perry and Steven Tyler's autobiography, I think in the 70s, they were one of the most pioneering rock bands. Aerosmith's going to conquer the world, right? They did. They took a dip in 1978 or 9. And then up until like 1985, they were struggling. They were still selling concert tickets, but their albums weren't doing well financially. Their albums were like tanking a little bit. Like Night in the Ruts was really rough or like, uh, there's a song called uh, Rock in a Hard Place with a, a song Lightning Strikes on it. Like, that's a really good song. But the album itself is like mixed, kind of like a mixed bag. Ha, pun intended. Pun intended. Um, for our show. But, and Joe Perry left the band. And went, but that, that, that could be an, I, I would go see an Aerosmith movie. 
truthfully, I love Aerosmith. I mean, some people, my dad's always like, you know, you know, JD, you know, you don't talk. I love Aerosmith. They're, I could listen to them on a daily basis. That's how much I love them. Um, they're just ever some sweet emotion to ragdoll to dude looks like a lady. Like, and their humor, the humor, humorous lyrics are really good too. <coughs> Excuse me. And us dream on, of course, like they've had so many hits. It's inc- they're, they're outside of their hits. Their catalog is really rich of great stuff too. Like all like, Poison the Attic is one of their best albums of the 70s, personally. But once you're into the late 80s into the 90s, they have a lot of other great Get a Grip is phenomenal. Pump is great. Like, I don't know. This would be, this is a really, this would be, it'd be a long movie because you have to start it with Dream On and end it with I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Like, you don't have want to miss a thing. Exactly. You'd have to end it with I Don't Want to Miss a Thing because that, that was their last major single called I, it was their own, their only number one in 1998 like the w- weeks before I was born that was like the number one song in the world weeks bro um, weeks before I was born the world knew you were coming into it yes because Aerosmith had a song but they didn't write it though they didn't write the song they, they didn't write I don't want to say Diane Warren wrote it for them but whatever it was originally penned for you too I found out yeah um, yeah, but, but Aerosmith took it instead. So Aerosmith, their story is incredibly fascinating to me. I think that they would benefit from a biopic. And how long would it be? How, what would it take place? What time period? I don't know. But the, I mean, anything's possible. I think, I think that they, you do an Aerosmith movie, it would be great. And what would you call it? Deuce or Wild? Or like, what would you call the movie? Probably like, Get your wings. I don't know, I'm trying to think. Toys in the attic. Like, there's so many great. There's, there's so many great song titles too. Or like dream, dream on the Aerosmith story. I don't know. Dream on the Aerosmith story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dream on while toys are in the attic. Um, this is a great, great band to get into. If you have not heard of them, get on it. Aerosmith is a great band with great music in it, and that would be awesome. Um. Bill, that's all. I'll, that's all I have to say about Aerosmith. Do you want to go to the next one? Because I, I, I got one. I got a two. I got a couple more. But if you want to go next, go ahead. Okay, I just thought of this one ten, a few seconds ago. Talk to me. What would you say to a Led Zeppelin biopic? I'm all for it, and here's why. All right, let's hear it. When you talk about, and I, I'm not trying to hijack your pick here, but just hear me out for a sec. When you talk about band chemistry. And how like it comes across on record. Like Brian Adams once said something about Led Zeppelin. He's like, it's hard to cover a Led Zeppelin song and have it be better than Led Zeppelin. And this is a band that I believe is gets gets played a lot on XM and FM and whatnot, but they're still great. They're a great band. Jimmy Page is an incredible guitarist. I'll put him in the top five. Oh, yeah. Totally. He's phenomenal. Um so I don't know. This is just, but I think uh, Led Zeppelin story. What, what would you, the, the title of the movie would be called Stairway to Heaven, right? The Stairway to Heaven. Would it have to be the title of the movie or no? It could be other things. Um, okay. It could be um, Black Dog. Black Dog. It could be Rock and Roll. Ramble um, On. 
ramble on the Led Zeppelin story. Um, I don't know. But this, you talk about, what was it called? Band cohesion. You want to talk about bands with cohesion, with great, incredible, like cohesiveness to four guys. That this would be this would be a good one to pick. It's hard to co- it's hard to cover a Led Zeppelin song and make it better than Led Zeppelin's. I, I will I will admit that. So, no, it is like um, like you could start like them meeting. You could just show them like meeting up and then becoming the biggest band in the world. Because that they yeah. were that at times, but you can show the fights. You can also show. Yeah, it might get a little uh, depressing because you do. There are two deaths you do have to show. One is, of yeah. course, the death of John Bonham, the one yeah, that really killed Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and um, and another thing was um, and another thing you could show was um, what you call it um. Rod, um, Rod, um, Robert Plant, Robert Plant, thank you. You're good. Um, you could because, like, one of the things that really because I don't know if you knew this, Robert Plant had a son who unfortunately passed away. Oh, that sucks. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, I, I was not aware of that, but that's that's terrible. No, you know, the song, um. You know the song "All All My Love." Oh, it's about that. Yeah, like everyone thinks it's a love song, but that song we should have talked about this last week on the misinterpreted songs. But damn it, a lot of people think. Okay, here's its segment now. A lot of people think that song is like a love song. Yeah, but that song is actually about. That song is actually about um, Robert Plant's. Five-year-old son Karak, who died of a um, stomach illness. That's horrible. Yeah, and um, and I don't know how you would exactly make it work because Karak's death actually happened the a year before John Bonham's did before John Bonham's died. Oh, geez, really? A few, a few years before John Bottoms died, Karak died in 1977. John Bottoms died in 1980. Yeah. Um, but like I think, like I'm thinking, it could have been, like it could have been like the scene when Robert Plant, because Robert Plant and John Paul Jones wrote that song together, mm-hmm. and it could show him and. Robert singing the song to get him and John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones like playing the chords and Robert just singing. And you can see like that song is giving Robert playing a little bit of comfort and giving yeah. him some peace. Mm. And yeah, like that could have been a perfect way to end the film, but but um but then you would have you do have to eventually show John Bonham's death. Of course, you'd, you'd have to because his death was actually the one that killed Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And yeah, but you know, speaking of Karak, though Robert Plant's son, the reason why that 
John Paul that um that Led Zeppelin played at Live Aid in Philadelphia was because mm-hmm. of Karak's death in 1977. They were on their North American tour. Yeah. They were supposed to go to Philadelphia. Oh, okay. So, but because of Karak's death, they had to cancel the tour. Right, right, right. So they did it in Live Aid. Basically like, hey, you guys get your show. But, um, but did you know like Robert Plant did not like their performance at Live Aid? Why not? Did 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 he ever specify why? He just said it wasn't our best performance, and they did not even put it on the um, live a DVD release. Really? I never knew that. They didn't even put it on the DVD release for Live Aid. Wow. Yeah, and, and you know who played drums during that one? Who? Mr. Phil Collins. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because after he did In the Air Tonight, like you can actually find the performance on YouTube. I'm um, sure. It's on YouTube. And and um you could see the crowd just went crazy when when Phil Collins went, Thank you. I want to introduce you to some friends of mine. Please welcome Mr. Robert Plant, Mr. Jimmy Page, Mr. John Paul Jones. And the whole place went absolutely nuts. I'm sure they did. Like, I'm sure everybody thought that Led Zeppelin was going to do for the Philly wing of Live Aid what Queen did for the London wing. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can, like, show the fight, show the deaths of Karak and John Bonham, and then, like, maybe you can end it with them on, like, a reunion concert or then being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You could do that, yeah. Just uh, towards the end of the film, it would progress to that, you know. That'd be good. Yeah, because I don't know. If we should show live aid. I don't think Robert Plant would be too pleased. Robert Plant would not be happy because he did not like that performance. Yeah, forget it. Yeah, and we can't call the movie Stairway to Heaven either. Oh, because it'd be like it would be against was it Robert? No, no, no. It would be against um, John Paul Jones, right? No, Robert Plant hates that song. Oh, of course. There you go. So, because no, he says it's a freaking wedding song. I mean, it, 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 yeah, he, he hates that one. And yeah, it's their biggest, most well known thing. And you know, I, I've even heard that I think Stairway to Heaven is overrated. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that. But, um, yeah, I think a Led Zeppelin biopic would be interesting. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I think, I mean, they're, they're, they're still so popular. I mean, you go to Spotify, you look at their streaming numbers, and they're still very, very popular today. So, I mean, why not? I mean, if they announced that they announced that we're going to do a Led Zeppelin biopic, then why not? You know? Oh, people would go absolutely nuts. And who, 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 who are you going to get to play? John Paul Jones. Who are you going to get to play? Jimmy Page. You know, it, you know it, it can all work out. So, that's all. Um, my go? Your go, my friend. Metallica. Mm, okay, convince me. Really? I have to convince you with this one? You have to convince me with this one, JT. They're okay. I'm not doubting it. I just need some convincing. A little doubting. What do you mean? I'm, you're not, I'm not doubting. Doubting. Oh. oh, sorry. I thought you said you were doubting. Like, what? No. Convince <laughs> me, Mr. Mahoney. It's your move. Oh, my God. Metallica. 
one of the biggest, most successful heavy metal bands, probably the most successful heavy metal band of all time. Their name is world renowned. It's recognizable. Their story is, it goes along, it goes back to Aerosmith. Like their story, it truly is fascinating. Like they actually have like, what do you call it? Like they, they, their bassist, their original bassist died. No, their first bassist left after their first album. Their second, no, he left after they formed. Their second bassist was the name, guy named Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton died in 1986 with a bus accident. He actually got crippled under a bus. He got crushed under a bus in like Sweden. And then they got Jason Newstead to come in for Injustice for All and um, the Black Album, 1991, and then a couple of albums after that. And then he left in like 1998 or whatever. Um, but like Metallica there, like you already have me. You have me sold already. I, I, I am, I'm a big fan of Metallica. I think that they're also, I mean, look, because there's, they literally went from like eating, sleeping on floors in like terrible places to becoming one of the most successful acts of all time. They are the Led Zeppelin of our generation. It's crazy. And they've had so much success. I think that Metallica deserves a biopic because their James Hatfield had no friends growing up. He just had, he had a guitar, he had music, and that's about it. You know, he was also, I think uh, Lars Ulrich was born of a, from a tennis player, and basically he he's their drummer, and they they developed a style that was new. They developed a um, faster style, a more heavier style than Iron Maiden, than than Def Leppard. You know, they were they were like the they're harder than Motley Crue. Like they, they really developed like the heavy metal that we now know today. That's even more heavier than them. But like they, they are one of the most successful acts of all time. I, one is an incredible song. The song "One" by Metallica is fantastic. That all I love "Injustice for All" so much. That album's great. But like this, I think that they they deserve a biopic because their story. They literally went from like eating scraps. Like in, in the behind the music documentary that I keep referring to, they, they, if you can find the behind the music of Metallica, look it up because their, their struggles are really in there. Like they used to have bologna on hand instead of like having it on ham. They used to have a hand like a bologna on hand because they couldn't afford white bread. That's how poor they literally were so poor. And now they're filthy rich and super successful by bringing heavy metal to the world. It's crazy. So. I don't know. I, I, you doubted me for a sec. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. So what do you got, Bill? I think that could work. I mean, they but, literally um, went, they literally went from like nobody's, well, nobody's somebody, but like they went from like literally poor people to like super heavy metal famous. So. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You know what? I think it could work because it, it would be like a classic rags to riches story. Literally, yeah. It would go from, you know, you know, for them becoming the biggest band. And you can also show the whole thing with what's his face, Dave Mustaine. Oh, Mustaine, he formed Megadeth. Megadeth is like, uh, in the early 80s, there's four giant heavy metal bands. There's Metallica being the most successful. Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. 
those are the big four metal bands back then. Iron Maiden, of course, was up there for sure. But like Metallica is like the most successful of all of them. So I agree. I think Metallica is the most successful. Um, yeah, can you see Dave Mustaine becoming Dave? Can you see like um like them kicking wait, was Dave Mustaine fired or did he quit? They quit they, they fired him. They fired Mustaine. Yeah, and he was on the first album, and then, then they replaced him with Kirk Hammett for the second album. So, so what are we gonna call this Metallica film? That's a good question. What do we call Metallica? Like the Metallica? No, we can't call it the movie Metallica. The movie, you know, we can't do that. Uh, maybe. I mean, what's the most successful song? Enter Sandman. You want to call it Enter Sandman? We can call it Enter Sandman. Or and justice for all, and justice for all. That, that that's their album prior to the black album. You could do that. You could do. I don't know. That's a punch, but uh, that's me. So, but the, the, they are one of the most successful live acts out there. So there's that too. Yeah. All right. I think it's your turn, bud. Oh, oh boy, I really don't know what to pick. Um, hmm. Do you want me to go for you? And you can think. Yeah. Go well. Well, I think. Mm, let's see let's see let's see let's see i have another tip my tongue before oh yeah um i heard about they were there was something like this at one point they were talking about this but beastie boys another hip-hop group but like i can't see this you can't see them doing this i'm already dismissing it tell me why it's just like what can you really do about these guys just like i said from metallica guess what you have to do now jt again what convince me Oh, come on, Bill. I am a um, very tough customer. Oh, my God. They're the first white hip-hop group. Okay. Three, you got three a point Jew- there. Three Jewish, kids from Queen- three Jewish kids from Queens. You know? Got it. So, there's two. They were also, they, they were hip-hop artists, but they also played instruments, too. So, there you go. They're hip-hop artists, but they also played real instruments, like Sabotage. Dude, that song is great. You ever, you ever heard the song Sabotage? No, I don't think I have. Oh my God, Bill. <laughs> I gotta listen to that Sabotage! after this. It's in Star Trek for some reason. I don't know why. I gotta listen to that afterwards, don't I? Yes, you gotta. But uh, there's not, not much I can. There's, uh, I think their story's great, but I think you could definitely talk to them. But I mean, Beastie Boys is up there for me. I would love to see Beastie Boys, but Beastie Boys biopic, Intergalactic Planetary, anyone? Um, I think so. Uh, I got one more for you if you want to. And then this one you can actually shed some light on too. I'll, I'll, All right, I'll let's do out. it. I'll help you out. Ready? Ready. Journey. Convince me. Um, no, stop it. You, you, I, I, basically, I picked this for you, but you got this. Okay. 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 I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're kidding. I think it could be. Um, I think it could be possible. Show them when they met in um, what was it, San Francisco? San Francisco, yep. Um, hey, Steve Perry joining and exiting the band. Yes. Um, introducing Arnell Pineda. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can go like um. 
I feel like most of the interesting part of the movie could be about Steve Perry and like I think how he left the group because I think he was taking care of his mom when she was sick. Yeah. And then, you know, like going into hideout after his solo career and then coming back for one album and then coming back. So, yeah, you know what? I think this can work. JT. Did I do it for you? Did I help you out? Yes, you did. All right, you're good. You're welcome. You did not need to. Uh, Journey's me. a good pick, though. Think about it. You did not go need ahead, to. Get, I did not need to be convinced. Um, good. I'm glad. Okay, I think I got one now. What do you got, bud? What would you say? What would you say? Okay. Um, what would you say to a Billy Joel movie? I never thought you'd ask. There's one in the works, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about that, but as far as I know, there is one in development. But Billy needs to sign off on it. Billy himself needs to sign off on it. I think he does need to sign off on one. Yeah. By the way, you have to go see him at some point. He's great. I know. You keep reminding me on a daily basis. Um, on a weekly basis, like, Bill, go see Billy Joel with me. Come on. We'll have a good time. Yeah, I think we know we would have a good we will have a good time if we go. I'll I take it. Figure out the date. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, anyway, um, no, but Billy Joel, um, like you can um you could have it be um um you can have um you know just his humble beginnings. Yeah. And him getting in with the big record dispute with um that's right. His brother-in-law was his manager at one point. Correct. You can get into that, yeah. And and then um like a big framing device that could be is um the album, what is it, River of Dreams. Yeah, and that's his last album. So you, you have a definitive ending to his career in because that aspect. there was one song on the album that I think could be a really important framing device. Which song? It's the song um, Lullaby, Good Night, My Angel. Oh, yes, 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 that one. It's a good song. The Good Night, My Angel, time to close your eyes. Because that song is actually... That song is actually about um, Billy Joel and Christine Brinkley... Their divorce. Correct. Yes. Because I actually watched, if you ever watched Billy Joel in his own words, he was talking about, he said, he said, because my daughter, Alexa, she asked me, daddy, what happens when you die? Mm-hmm. And he said, um, and he said, well, when you die, you go into other people's hearts. And then because this was around the time Billy Joel and Christine Brinkley were splitting up and she was thinking like, dad, are you going to leave me? Yeah. And you know, the, the line of the song, you know that I will never leave you. Yeah. That's about that song is about Billy Joel comforting his daughter. That song is about comforting his daughter. I knew um, that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, anyway, um, but I think this song, but um, I think it could work. And, you know, we have said before, Billy Joel had a lot of problem with drugs. Not more drinking than drugs, truthfully, but. Yeah, because him and Elton John got into some bicker. Yeah. Because now I'm sure they, I, I think they patched things up now, but well, no, they're they're still good friends. I know that for sure. No, because like he made a he made a com Elton John made a comment about Billy Joel's drug rehab. Mm. The comment was, oh yeah, I remember what the comment was. Um, the comment was um saying that Billy Joel basically had it easy in rehab. They still let him watch TV. He said, well, I had to scrub the floors. Mm. Yeah. I had to scrub the floors and Billy saying that basically fighting over who had the worst rehab experience. Yeah, which is completely unnecessary. So, well, I think maybe they were just in a bad patch, but no, I think they patched things up now. So no, they're, they're still good friends. He's even gone on record and said, I'd love to have Elton John at the garden one night just for kicks. So why not? Yeah, but um, yeah, I think this could be an interesting um I think this I think it could be an interesting biopic. It would be, especially especially his humble beginnings, truthfully. That'd, that'd be a good one. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Anything's possible. Anything is possible in Hollywood. Yeah, but as far as I know, there is one in development. They're, they're talking about doing it, but he needs to approve of it. Hello, Billy. Uh, just give a thumbs up. Let's do this. Yeah, I don't think he wants to, though. Really? How come? I, I was listening to a podcast with him on it a, a couple years ago, 2019, BC, before COVID. Uh, he said something like, how he's like, oh, yeah, well, I, um, oh, God, what did he say? I don't know. He just, he, he was like, so they asked him directly and said, hey, you know, they're making an Elton John movie at the time. They're making a, um, they're making an Elton John movie. They're making a Motley Crue movie for Netflix. Would there ever be a Billy Joel movie? And he said, I don't know. I don't know if they, there's enough material for out there for me to do so. Truthfully, that's what he said. But who knows? I could. It all depends. I think it all depends just on like what the context of what the story is. But that's me. Yeah. I think that would be, yeah, I think it would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got another one? Uh, was it your pick or my pick? That was my pick. Oh, okay. Uh, I got, uh, we'll do one more and then we'll wrap it up for the night. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, one more. What was I going to say? Um, you know, it's funny, Bill. I think I was, just, I, I was talking, I think that when you talk about like, not just creativity, but like flamboyant personality on stage, I think David Bowie would be a nice one. Huh? His, I mean, his story would be great. And, and who would you cast to play David Bowie though? That's a better question. Hmm. Yeah. Who would you cast to play David Bowie? Hmm. Yes. That I mean, would be... It's a tough 
or because he was, I mean, look, there's different, I mean, for those who are listening, but if you know what David Bowie looks like, he had so many different looks over the course of his career. So he's gone way too soon. Yeah. I, I remember when he died, it was just such a big shocker. It was January of 2016. I know. I remember waking up that morning and said, David Bowie dead. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. The terrifying news. 2016 was a rough year for everyone with deaths and whatnot. So, what do you think? Yeah. David Bowie. First off, what, what, would you, what do you think about a David Bowie movie? Then, what do you think about David Bowie? Who would you get to play him? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I, answer, I, I don't know who I would get to play him, but. Yeah. What you, his story is fascinating too. He's a who's he was a nut. You would need to get someone who can sing though too. Yeah, like you'd have to get uh, who's it Garfield. That could work. Andrew Garfield. I mean, if Andrew Garfield played David, he's also skinny enough too. Andrew Garfield's coming off the heels of like Spider Man No Way Home and what's the other one? Tick Tick Boom, right? Yeah, because if you have not watched Tick Tick Boom yet, have you? I have not, but go ahead. No, like Tick Tick. No, like um, Andrew Garfield's performance in Tick Tick Boom was really good. I remember sitting there watching this. Like Andrew Garfield actually has a pretty good voice. I'm like thinking, yeah. wow, Spider Man can sing. Yeah, I was to say. But you know, like another problem is, do you think you're probably gonna have to get someone who can sound like David Bowie though too? Ah, uh, that's a tough order. I mean, that's a tall order, I should say. Probably. I mean, but, but the voice doesn't necessarily matter completely, though, does it? Not completely, but... I mean, like, I mean, look, Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury, that was a big, big, big thing to undertake. But he did it, and he won an Oscar for it, so who knows? He won an Oscar, so... But you know what? Since um, Andrew Garfield was in Tick, Tick, Boom, and that's like more musical theater style, I think because David Bowie could be very theatrical. I agree. So I think that type of, maybe that could work. I think that maybe can work. A- Andrew Garfield. So we're going to start a petition on Twitter saying Andrew Garfield should play a David Bowie in a biopic. I'm going to post that right now. Go ahead. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. It can work. It might be a little strange, but it can work. I think personally, but I think that um, having Andrew Garfield as David Bowie would be really, like, really good. Truthfully, I mean, he, he, listen, the dude is coming. He's an academy level actor. Who said he couldn't play that? I mean, come on, right? Am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. So, but that's me. So, I mean, Andrew Garfield playing David Bowie in a biopic, you know, it could, could happen. Because, like, like I said, he is coming off of the heels of like Tick, Tick, Boom, No Way Home, and a couple other films as well. Yeah, but who he, knows? He might, go be, he might go be Spider Man again. You never know. He might, for all we know. Okay, I, mean, I think I, I got one more. All right, lay it on me, bro. Well, last one. What would you say to a Rolling Stones biopic? I mean, you want to talk about longevity. 
Uh, I, I'm all for it. It depends. You know, this is a biopic I feel like they could do. If this is a biopic that, that could work really well, if they have the right team under their belt, number one. Number two, they have, <coughs> excuse me, if they set it in a specific time period, if they do from like the late 60s into like the early, the mid to late 70s, that would be cool. Because that was like a really pioneering time for the Stones because like they were the only like British invasion band that really survived. The Kings were broken up with the, the Kings were tanking at the time. The Beatles broke up the who were still going, but the Stones were the Stones. And what do you mean by that? No, I think that because if you were to go their whole career, we'll be here for four hours. That's a four hour Peter Jackson epic. (laughs) You know, no, Peter, do not give Peter Jackson any ideas. (laughs) Do not give him any ideas. He's going to make it. He's going to make a five hour Rolling Stones movie and release it in theaters for one day. And then we all have to sit there and bite our tongue like, damn it, we should have kept our mouths shut. We're going to bite our fingernails down to the cuticles, guys. It's going to be ridiculous. Dude, put, uh, P- Peter Jackson, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Put the, put, get your fingers off the computer. Don't start writing the script. I'm typing into him right now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Check out Peter I'm Jackson's six-hour film about the Rolling Stones. Yeah, but, I mean, it would, but it, I would like to see a Rolling Stones film set in the seventies, or the, or like like just as they're like they're at their peak of like performance and whatnot too. Who do you get to play Mick Jagger? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, do you like who do you like? I mean, who's young, hot, and you know what? Make the make, make the guy who plays Mick Jagger look look like Jagger, but make him a total unknown. Hmm. Have, have him break out as that and see what happens. That's me, though. That could work. That could work. But the Stones, I mean, look, they're one of the big, one of the biggest bands of all time. One of them. No, that is true. I mean, who's to say they don't make like? I mean, if they imagine if they did make a Rolling Stones uh, movie, what w- 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 what would it be about? I think the time period would have to be the seventies into the eighties because Start Me Up was a huge hit too in eighty one, eighty two. So. Stop me up and never stop, never stop, never stop. Don't sue us, YouTube. So that's thanks, it. YouTube. Um, thanks, YouTube. <coughs> no, but I agree with you on this. I think I'm Rolling Stones, but I think it, it would be good. It'd be a, a, an interesting movie about them taking, but and they 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 can focus on Keith Richards' heroin addiction, you know, and him smoking still, whatever, you know. He's been dead. And of since, course, like, about him sorting dad's ashes. Oh yeah, they can show that on camera too. Hey Keith, get a load of this. Yeah, this is my dad's ashes. I'm gonna sniff. Oh, oh dad. <laughs> oh dad, why? He's crazy. But we gotta take care of the planet because what type of earth are we gonna be leaving for Keith Richards? Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but I, I'm all for a Rolling Stones biopic. I'm all for it. I actually got one more pick. All right, well, last one. Then we're going to call it a night. Okay, you might laugh me out of town for this one, but going with the recent events that has happened yeah. to this artist, I think it could be slightly interesting. What? Britney Spears. You can do that. Really? I'm not crazy. No, I, I, I don't. I'm not kidding. Sorry. I think, you know, anything's possible. No, because I don't know if you know, like for the last year, she was in some sort of conservatorship 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. That her, basically her father owned, like her, her father basically had access to her money. Yeah, that, that's not good. Because she was deemed like um, mentally incompetent. Right. If you don't know what a conservatorship is, go ask someone else. Go ask Google. Go ask someone smarter than me. Um, <laughs> well, that go there goes the game show that I was going to do. You know what that game show was going to be? What is it going to be called? Are you smarter than Bill? Oh, my God. Damn, it looks like we have to cancel the contract on that one. But anyway. You're good, bud. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. But no, I think the whole conservatorship, the free Britney thing, I think that could just be a movie in itself. I agree. Like I'm not the biggest Britney Spears fan, but I think this could be interesting. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Britney Spears either, but hey, and her life stories, I mean, they could do it on like whatever part of their life they want to pick. Yeah, they could do they could do it about the whole her trying to get out of the conservatorship. There you go. There. So someone contact Bill. 1 800. Got Bill. Heck yeah. Um, is that all we got, bud? I think that's all we got. Well, as always, everyone, we want to thank you so much for listening, watching, however you enjoyed us tonight. Thank you so much to everyone who watched and participated as well. You guys are outstanding. We love to see you guys, and we hope to see you guys next week for another episode of Mixed Bag. Um, Bill, it's yes. sports season. Don't forget to check out the Sports Insanity podcast. We are on all platforms and www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. And if you like what you've seen here, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and simply fo- and also subscribe to our Spotify podcast. We do this every week called Mixed Bag. Thanks so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. And but for all of us here at the Super Show, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Mixed Bag. Take care, stay safe, and be awesome. Be awesome.